It's like playing Madden, like, but in Madden. Wingstop, 20 piece. See, he drums only. This team on flats. Stafford's been the best quarterback I've played with. Um, the guy can flat out play. I can always do work, bro. I can always do work. Y'all know what I am. Round six, pick 200. I can always get work. The first Back Judge podcast of the offseason. It's a, it's a four-man crew here. We got Connor out in KZU. Murray's in Ann Arbor. The other Murray is in Birmingham, and I'm out here in the, in the Windy City just, just chilling, getting in some of these pre-combine takes. The combine starts this afternoon. Quarterbacks and, and wide receivers and running backs, I think. Not tight positive. ends, sorry, yeah, tight ends. Positive. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends start today. A little bit of a, a change in the combine schedule, too. You got them going from 4 to 11 Eastern. Some agents are uh, none too pleased about that sort of development. As you know, these people are uh, preparation freaks, and they don't like when anything changes on them uh, in, in this type of process. But you got to think, you know, NFL is just trying to get that primetime viewership mm-hmm. Um for these for these events now, I mean, they're they're turning into to huge you know fan events. They're they're turning into massive media um, you know mm-hmm. events. It, it's kind of crazy just to see how much even like the combine has grown uh, over the last five years. And it's I, at least for me and you guys can kind of maybe bounce off this too. I was thinking about the XFL and just how it's like oh maybe the XFL can be good and then it's like more people are going to watch people who are around in underwear then are going to watch like every single XFL game that that's going to be on this weekend. So um, in terms of the, I combine, will say, it's, it's Clint, like just to interrupt you for a second, just cause you brought up the XFL. There are a few things the NFL could, could learn from the XFL in terms of the, oh, God, the broadcast, I, hate these I think. And, uh, oh. and, and the way penalties are handled. Now I just, I'm not saying they should change yeah. it off the bat. I'm just saying maybe they should have a conversation about, about I, that because there's room I for really improvement. Like- I really like the idea of transparency with the penalties, but I think you're you're opening up the door in terms of the NFL. Like I would love that in a perfect world situation, but the NFL that would be kind of embarrassing. I think I don't think the NFL wants you to hear what these refs are talking about. There's already been so many uh, buffled calls and everything, and even if they want you to hear them, you're going to hear some some justifications for some calls that are probably just going to be bad and will just lead to more controversy. But I, I agree with you, Lee, that I think that'd be awesome if we could hear that. Yeah. I'm more on Tommy's side there. The NFL is just not going to open themselves up to criticism when the league's doing as well as it is. There's really no competition at this point. If the XFL does somehow become viable is a, I don't think it really will even be competition because it's not during the same time, unless you're saying it draws views away from no, this. No, comp- I'm saying the way that they do it, the way that they broadcast the games, there's a few things that the NFL could learn in terms of broadcasting a game and maybe the way that they could use it as kind of a guinea pig. I think moving forward, the XFL in, and just in the, the procedures they use to well, handle penalties, how they broadcast it, how much time they take, all that stuff, you know, well, the, the betting just, information, I'm sure we'll be with it on the NFL scoreboard yeah. sooner rather than later. I think that definitely is something we'll be seeing in the in the near future. Um, but let's get some takes kicked off, eh? Well, let's let's go back to February 13th when uh, on the backjudge.com I posted an article called Tua at Two. All right, it's 2020. The back judge Ben told you. All right, it's Hotep season. We're on a different different mind level right now. All right, the air's a little different up here. And then now when the combine comes around, oh, now these takes are becoming mainstream. 
And this is something that Lee and I have been talking about for a while in that, like, and I'm even saying, you know, just look at the history. Last year, I think the Cardinals and the Redskins are very much comparable teams as to, you know, where they were a year ago. In Washington, you have a quarterback who you kind of waited to take at 15 with Dwayne Haskins, didn't try and, and move up for anybody, and he just kind of fell into their laps and, and they drafted him. And I don't think anyone here is maybe even criticizing them for that, but it's just to say that they weren't really – he may have not even been, quote-unquote, their guy, and now he's not even, quote-unquote, their guy because the people that drafted him are out the door and you have a new GM in Ron Rivera in the building, and it's his team now, and he's he's acting as the GM. I know Steve Keim in, in Arizona was the GM when they drafted Rosen and when they drafted Kyler, but you brought in a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, you're going to have to make changes to your offense. And I think – it would be pretty hard to argue that Arizona isn't in a better place than they were last year, right? If you take them with Rosen and them with Kyler, they're in a better position with Kyler, even if they are paying Rosen money from his first-year deal. And if you're the Redskins, who, by the way, have drafted a a defensive lineman in the last three drafts in the first round, I believe, with uh, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, and um, John Ryan Allen. And John, Jonathan Allen, and then also, I mean, taking guys later in the rounds like Ryan Anderson, still have guys like Ryan Kerrigan on their team. Defensive line and a guy like Chase Young, even though he is, I believe, going to be a consistent 10-sack guy in the NFL, isn't like a must-need position. And if Tua turns out to be, you know, this generational quarterback that he was billed as before Joe Burrow took a flamethrower to the college football landscape in 2019 – then you're getting a guy who can make a much bigger impact on your franchise than Chase Young can. So I just think for the Redskins, if they believe uh, Tua can be a franchise quarterback in the NFL, then you should draft him. And that opens the door, obviously, for me as a Lions fan for, for Chase Young at number three. But I just kind of want to open this up to you guys. As But but I did want to just raise our hands collectively as a unit and just you know flex our muscles a little bit. Couldn't have articulated it better myself, Clap. I'll let Tommy take the floor, Connor. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll do some of the pushback. I don't, Connor, I don't know what side of this divide you're on, but I, uh, in theory, I completely agree with both Klepp and Lee, and this is something that Lee and I got. Well, and, and, and Tommy, before you start here, let me clarify that I, at this point, I haven't done enough research to say that if I was Redskins, I would do this. I am just saying that this is something that I believe could easily happen. Okay, I, I agree with you, and I, I mean, there's a couple things that I want to state. Um, I, Tua is a better, is 100% a better prospect than Dwayne Haskins, and I think is going to be a better quarterback than, uh, a better NFL quarterback than Dwayne Haskins. The thing with Tua, and the only reason that he isn't, a, you know, isn't in the conversation for the number one pick is not even due to Joe Burrow tearing up the college football landscape in my opinion, but it's uh, 100% due to the fact that he has been incredibly brittle uh, throughout his college football career. And he came into the national championship game, had that explosive performance, won that game um, in the comeback for them, obviously. And then in the two full seasons after that that he played for Alabama, he had the ankle injuries, I believe, in the first year. And then this last year, obviously, he had another ankle injury and then the hip injury. Um, and I just think that there would be a legit – I mean, Tua uh, – Lee and I talked about this a little bit last night, but I think Tua is more talented than Joe Burrow in terms of, like, arm talent and maybe even athleticism in just terms of being, like, a playmaker. Um, and I think – I just think this doesn't really bode – I don't think it's the right situation. I, I completely understand what you're saying, Adam, and I 
agree with you in the fact that like a team like Arizona last year, one, I think Washington is a lot better than Arizona was last year. I think this Washington Redskins team is not uh, that bad. I don't think they're too bad. I mean, they didn't have Trent Williams this year, which I think was a big loss for them. But I think this defense, as you alluded to, with the they've spent a lot of capital on that defensive line and getting a player like Chase Young would potentially put them over and put them in kind of the, the San Francisco mold that's going to become all too popular now of uh, you know, kind of having multiple guys in a rotation on the defensive line. Um, I, I, I guess I'm kind of rambling here, but uh, my basic premise is I believe in Tua, but I think the injury concern is a huge issue. And if you were to, if you were to take Tua at two, you're going to have to trade Haskins. You're going to have to get rid of Hat. You're not going to be able to keep that. I mean, that just wouldn't be smart, in my opinion, to keep them in the same quarterback room. And also, you have to be confident that Tua is going to be healthy week one, which I think, uh, I don't think is necessarily going to be true. And even if he's cleared by that point, I think it'd be kind of a risk just, you know, nine months later from a huge injury. I mean, a hip injury is a completely different thing from a knee or an ankle or an Achilles because your hips are just, it's almost like your back. They're so central to all of your movement and, you know, the way that not only running, but throwing too. I just think there's just so much, there's so many red flags and a team like Washington, who I think is closer to competing than Arizona was last year. And I think a guy like Chase Young with Dwayne Haskins in year two and some of the, uh, the weapons that they have on, on offense and defense, I just think it's too big of a risk, basically. That's all I'm saying. And I just would advise against it, I guess, for the Redskins. What say you, Connor? Yeah, so I definitely think Tua is a prospect is good enough to go to. I don't think there's any question about that. There's not really anything I've seen out of the guy that I don't like. And I think in a lot of ways you could say he's better than Burrow in terms of just measurables and intangibles. However, I think with the Redskins, it's an interesting situation because I know you don't want to look a whole year ahead, but you can even look at it as you kind of have Trevor Lawrence waiting in the wings, and he's pretty much the most coveted prospect since Luck, or at least that's kind of been the MO on him. I think if they take two of, where does it take the Redskins? I don't think it really puts them more than like a six-win club for next year. So I think there probably is some internal discussion with a new regime being in place that knows they're at least safe for another year for sure, probably two. Why take the risk with Tua now and then have to get a D-line prospect or something next year? You could potentially go with Young. That's not to say that I don't think they will take Tua. I'm kind of in Adam's boat in terms of I really don't know enough about the Redskins situation at this point in time, whether that's something they want to do, or I know with the Saints, what happens with Teddy Bridgewater, a lot of teams are going to be competing with him as sort of the hold is a holdover guy, most likely. It'll be interesting to see kind of how free agency plays out. It seems like Brady's kind of going to be the first domino to fall before I think the rest of the quarterbacks are going to go into place. Uh, Lee, Lee, let me ask you a question here. So last year, the Cardinals take Kyler Murray and they're able to flip Rosen on draft day for a third round pick with the Dolphins. Do you think that Haskins say that the Redskins are second round pick? Um, do you think that Haskins uh, in the same situation would have the same type of value for other NFL teams? Um, if they were to take Tua, I think, I think I'd put a third round grade on Haskins and I think Tommy would probably say second. I think there are people I don't know. I mean, it really depends on what type of team would make a move for Haskins. Maybe a team that had a high grade on him last year that sees you know him worth a, a second-round pick. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't think Haskins really proved anything this year other than um, he's not incompetent, to be honest. I thought that 
There will. I thought Gardner Minshew had a better year than Haskins did. I thought Daniel Jones had a better year than Haskins did. I thought Kyler had a better year than Haskins did. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think that Haskins is necessarily. Tommy and I disagree on the bottom line that um, I don't think Haskins is a Super Bowl quarterback. I don't think he could he could bring the Redskins to win a Super Bowl regardless of the talent around him. Um, I think he's too prone to mistakes and that. Uh, I, I just I, I've never. You can play back the tapes of the back judge. I've never loved Haskins as a prospect. So. Seeing that I like Rosen a bit better as a prospect, um, I, it makes sense that he got a second round. I wouldn't be shocked if Hassan's got a second round, but I think it's more realistic that it'd be a third round. And, and Connor, I had a question for you. Uh, yeah, it, you're saying to to an, to a sense that like maybe to a, you could be in the market for uh, Trevor Lawrence next year, right? With 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 the Redskins, but at the thing is like if you're at number two now like you don't know what can happen within a year you could find yourself at eight next year like is it wrong because I, I think about this with the Giants when they you know when they took Saquon at two instead of taking maybe a guy like Darnold so where do you kind of put that as being like hey we're at two now we don't know we're gonna where we're gonna be a year from now if Lawrence comes out which is you know more than likely is going to the team that has the number one pick, if they need a quarterback, is likely not going to trade out of that spot. And if it is a team that does not need a quarterback at number one, they're going to ask for a fortune for that pick. So if you're at two now, then why not just take Tua? Yeah, well, I agree. I definitely think it's a risk for sure. But I think Tua also comes with risks in terms of the health thing. I mean, you're not really sure if he's going to fully be set. I think he will be. I don't really think it's going to be a health issue, but it is something that plays kind of in your mind. And if you really think Chase Young is going to be this, you know, Bosa like talent, you're going to take him at two. If you, if you knew right now that obviously that Chase Young is going to be even a slight downgrade from either of the Bosa brothers, he's the pick for sure. Yeah. I, I just to jump in real quick, I would agree with that. And there's a couple things I wanted to talk about or just address in terms of the waiting for Trevor Lawrence thing, I just don't really – it obviously is kind of like the elephant in the room, and I just don't – after we what we saw from – because this time last year we were saying the same thing with Tua. It's like, this why would basketball. you – You can't do that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't care who it is. You can't do that. We, we literally did the same thing last year where it was a little bit weaker of a quarterback class and a team like the Raiders or something we were talking about, like – you don't, you know, use your two first round picks on some players and then go use leverage that up to get to a next year. You know, like we were uh, so and, and you just don't know what's going to happen next year with Lawrence. He can have a catastrophic injury the same way that Tua did. And you got a guy like Justin Fields. And supposedly I heard uh, I heard Daniel Jeremiah talking up this kid from North Dakota State as, as one a guy who's going to be in the mix uh, next year. He's got a classic name. It's, I'm forgetting it right now, but he's got a. He's got a classic name that uh, is going to be in the conversation. And another thing that I wanted to address is just the Haskins point. Um, I, I guess I would I agree with you, Lee, that, is that Haskins maybe isn't a Super Bowl quarterback, meaning that he's not going to be a transcendent talent or an uh, a, uh, elite-level quarterback. But I can see he can be Jared Goff or Jimmy Garoppolo, and those are the two last quarterbacks who played in the Super Bowl from an NFC team. And obviously you'd rather have uh, Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson over a – you know, game manager uh, who, as we saw with, we didn't really even get to talk about the Super Bowl, but we saw with Jimmy G, who I don't think the game with that game was his fault, and he I thought played really well uh, throughout the game. But we saw in the fourth quarter that he missed that throw to Emmanuel Sanders. There was just some big throws that he couldn't hit that other quarterbacks who are more talented than him and better than him could have hit. So it kind of comes down to 
to that. And again, also, I guess my last point with Tua is just the injury. It just becomes, if he was healthy and the injury thing wasn't a concern, I think he'd be the pick at one. And then the Redskins would take Burrow at two. And I think it would be a little bit more of a, it would be a clearer situation. But I think the fact that Tua is, has this, he's, you know, smaller in stature plus has injury concerns. I just think you're, he better work and better be healthy for you. Otherwise you're going to set the franchise back even further uh, by taking this kind of sideways higher ceiling. I, I just am more taking the road of, um, you know, around this, this time of the year, people start talking about it. And then by the time two months from now, April rolls around, you know, uh, it seems like it's a completely different conversation and teams get starry eyed about things. And, and these decisions are made, you know, we saw it, we've seen it like year after year after year with whether it be teams giving up an absolute King's ransom to trade up or teams unsuspecting uh, taking a player that you don't suspect them to take at a certain spot. And it completely changes the whole scale of the draft. Um, And I just think this is something that it's starting to get talked about now back when Klepp wrote that um, very articulate article, uh, uh, you know, like a a couple weeks ago, it wasn't getting talked about as much. And I think it's a topic that we're going to see, getting talked about as the process moves on. Personally, I'm confident right now that I would say if I were the Redskins, I wouldn't take Tua with the pick. And I, and that says more about what I feel about Tua than it, than it says about what I feel about Haskins, to be honest. I think that Chase Young is going to be a Bosa-like talent, and I think he is the pick at two. And I think there are other routes you can take at quarterback if Haskins doesn't work. You still have a really young roster. I, I'm confident that I would do that. That's how I would feel about it right now with what I know. Maybe my opinion will change. But I'm just saying that with all Klepp said about the new regime coming in, um, if they get a, a feeling that if Tua – I was talking to you yesterday about it, Tommy. If he does well in the interviews and then he's – Tua's pro day is in mid-April. It's like a couple weeks before the draft. Like, he's going to kill his pro day. I mark my words right now. Pro yeah. days are essentially – they're there for you to kill. That's what they're set up for you to do. Tua is a beauty. he throws the, fo- the football beautifully. He's extremely, like – He's, he's an extremely gifted passer. He's going to look great. His hip is already healthy now. He's cleared to move now. They already scheduled it two months ahead of when he's cleared. He's going to look fluid. He's going to look good. But I'm telling you, there, I just think there's going to be a lot of hype surrounding it. I even think there might be a conversation with Cincinnati. I think they'll end up taking Burrow, but I think that they'll definitely will, the, the topic will sneak into conversation of, hey, maybe Tua, maybe Tua's fine. Maybe you know the, the hip is 100% and – and he's the number one guy. Like you guys are saying right now, if there was no injury concern, maybe he'd be the number one guy. And I, I think I think with Cincy too, that would be more of a situation. Like maybe Burrow doesn't even want to go there, you know. And and, and that. I just don't think Burrow's that type of guy. No, I just I think Burrow's either, but, going. But, um, and I also wanted to just ask you guys. I guess maybe even move on from from Tua really quickly, um, where you look at the rest of this quarterback class and the the next two guys after Burrow and Tua seem to be Herbert and Love just based off of what I've been seeing in, in mock drafts and in certain rankings. If you had to guess right now, do you think that Herbert, Tua, Burrow, and Love all go top 15? No. No way. No I way. mean, if I had to put money on it, I would say yes just because – and now that's not even a reflection. I think Herbert – What think about the- top 20, Lee? Jordan Love's not going top twenty. Well, this is, but this Whoa. is Lee. This is Lee talking about Jordan Love more than him. He's not going I think top twenty. When it comes down to quarterbacks, I mean, I have, I got, uh, you know, Tua Burrow, Herbert, and you know, my fourth guy is Jake Fromm. I still believe in Jake Fromm. That's not a chance. I don't care about Fromm. Fromm's better than Love, and Eason's better than Love too. 
I, I haven't gotten in the weeds enough with Jordan Love. I just know that supposedly, as I've told Lee before, supposedly the, the big defense of him is that he lost Klepp's boy Darwin Thompson. They lost coaching, a, a bunch of coaching staff and a lot of talent that were seniors, I guess. And he really had nothing to work with this year. So and that he, seems he sucked, though, this year. Well, wouldn't it have been something if Darwin Thompson scored that touchdown in the Super Bowl? That's a man, that's a man who has retweeted a back jug article. That's, yep. that's, 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 that's true, man. Getting a goal line carry in the Super Bowl. That's awesome. That's that That's that draft season six, say less. No combine invite <laughs> for D-Train for D train and BJ. Oh, man, we need that, that segment this year. I, I do think that uh, it's going to come down to, I guess, Oakland or Indianapolis, if you're talking top 15, you know, or if Carolina wants to get, uh, or, you know, I, I, I have a hard time seeing it. I definitely think that those three guys go in the top 15, probably top 10, to be honest. I'd say top 10. Well, Lee, 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 this is we're getting about a, a year year anniversary of us getting BJ Blunt big timed and uh, big time, yeah. And, and Connor and I heading to the uh, football hall of fame and avoiding a, a 15 car pileup on I-80. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful time of year. Yeah, a lot of lot of good memories. Uh, Tommy, I think uh, I don't. I can't speak for for Connor, but I think for at least um, Lee, Lee, and, and myself. I haven't been so plugged in on the draft as much up to this point. I'm kind of waiting for the free agency dominoes to fall to really dive in. But if you have any pre-combine takes that, you, that you're just looking to spit fire out here for us to, to oh, chomp man. on. I mean, well, let me talk I don't about... Want to force you, I don't want to force you into anything either. Yeah, so. I mean, let me talk about the Lions real quick because I think we... This is, this is, huge, this is huge for the Lions. I think this, this draft is probably the biggest draft in Lions history off the top of my head. I obviously, I don't know that very well, but this draft is, this is going to make or break Bob Quinn for real this year. And they're in a prime position. Broke himself last year. Hey, I don't Let necessarily. Let the man have the floor, Clep. I don't necessarily <laughs> disagree with you, Clep. You know that I tend to agree with you more when it comes to the ineptitude of this regime. But this has, this is Connor and Lee's final straw. Okay. This has to be their final straw because they're in a prime position to let's assume that it goes Burrow, Chase Young, and two is there at three. They're in a prime position to play the draft, trade back to five, take a guy, take Isaiah Simmons or, or Derek Brown or if Akuda's there at five. You take your choice on the defensive front at five or trade back again from five, play the draft, accumulate picks, and put yourself in a position to take three players on the defensive side of the ball and one of those receivers in the second round and give the Lions a chance to be the best team in the NFC North because I don't think it's that far off that if they get versatile and speed and just talent at the at on the defensive side of the ball and that offense can be three-fourths of what it was last year, that this team is going to be a really tough out. Um, and, and also, I guess my... Isaiah Simmons is going to blow up the combine. I sent you guys in that group chat that video of him uh, racing Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne's a 4-3 guy, and they're neck and neck until the finish line. He's just a dude, I don't know his measurables, but 6'4", 2'30", or whatever it is, who can move like that. And I think he's perfect for the Lions. I think he's perfect. And if you trade Slay, you're kind of um, you're pigeonholing yourself into having to take a Cuda, I think. No, you're because you're gonna... We talked about that. We did talk about it, but I think it's it's hard to say if you trade Slay, you really kind of have to take an, an alpha corner. But a guy like Simmons, 
He is perfect, I think, for Patricia. Patricia can do so many things with him. He can be the Donta Hightower kind of blitz tight end guy, or you can play him. He can take Will Harris's role at strong safety. I just think this guy is so talented and so versatile, and he might not be as finished as a guy like Akuda or Derek Brown or you know other players on the defensive side of the ball, but I think he just has such high upside. Uh, so as a as a quasi Lions uh, reporter follower, I'm just I'm really excited about their prospects this year, and I think they have a chance to really knock it out of the park. Yeah, I think Simmons is the pick for sure. If Chase Young goes at two, I've been all over Simmons or a trade down for Del Pitt, but I think I, I like Simmons better at three than even a trade down for Del Pitt, who I think is also just going to be a stud. I think the Lions have a great chance to do well this year. Last year, I was not on the Lions. I had many arguments with Lee, who I'm now positioned with as being on his side about how the Lions were not going to be good. So this is not just me picking on the Lions every year. Normally, I'm very down on Lions. This year is a year where the Lions have a great chance to make the playoffs, especially with the new format changes being put in place. Lions need to get Simmons. They can sign. I would love to keep Slay and get me in a keep to leave to pair across from him and then just bring back Answer, oh. get one more rusher to put on that D-line, and the Lions are going to be in business. Keep to leave. Yep. Answer to leave. What about Martavis Bryant? You want to sign Martavis Bryant, too? <laughs> I would love for Martavis. <laughs> Connor, off the top of your head, do you know how many uh, receiving yards Michael Floyd and Martavis Bryant uh, combined for in 2019? <laughs> you know, Michael Floyd was on a – he was in a great – I wish he would have stayed. How many, how many yards do you think? He would have got them all, all by himself. Yards do you think? He would have <laughs> – Yes, you know, how many yards. Will Fuller had four touchdowns that week as well. So remember, remember that yeah, as well. Fuller, zero yeah. yards, zero <laughs> yards. It zero had the yards. best fantasy week of any receiver that week. So I was one. <laughs> I, I had his, I had more yards in in one BFL drive than than Martavis Bryant and, and Michael Floyd had all season. So, Clemson, yeah, Clemson BFL shape by the way. Yeah, it could be Joe one club two. We'll see. Um. I would like to – I guess I'll bring to the floor my, my two targets for the Lions in, in free agency since we, we made it to this point, and that would be uh, Javon Hargrave, the uh, interior lineman who, who's been playing for the Steelers the past three years. I uh, was a big fan of his in the, in the pre-draft process back in 2017, I believe. Uh, and he, he's a small school guy, but he, he fit in well in, in Pittsburgh. I think if I was Pittsburgh, I would be doing everything I could to, to bring him back. But if he were to hit the market, I don't think he, – he's not a franchise tag level player. So if Pittsburgh, at, at least, you know, there will be an offer that the Lions can make to, to counter whatever the Steelers are going to do. Um, and then Corey Littleton, a uh, linebacker from, from the LA Rams. He's uh, kind of a three down guy, a guy who can cover, which the Lions, I, for some reason, they just don't like linebackers who can cover. I don't understand it. You extend guys like Christian Jones. You draft guys like Jelani Tavai. Jared Davis technically has the athleticism to do it, but doesn't have the brain to do it. Corey Littleton, I, I, it's going to cost you a lot. It might cost you upwards of, of $14 million a year, which I understand is a lot for a linebacker, but the salary cap just goes up every single year, especially with the new CBA coming. Just just pay for a linebacker who can freaking cover because you already drafted a linebacker high last year. You really got to go, in my opinion, D-line, corner, and receiver maybe with the first three rounds of this draft. So just getting one of those in free agency would be huge. So yeah. that, those are my two guys to, to, to target. I think those are both uh, really good good fits. I think Cor- I mean Corey Littleton. I think is going to be incredibly sought after. He really had a great year this year in LA. Um, and you're probably right, Clep. He's gonna. I don't know if he's going to be like a market resetter, but you look to a guy like 
Quan Alexander last year. It's going to be one of those, or, uh, you know, Mosley. It's going to be one of those type of contracts. I'm going to throw something out there. Uh, this is my first time bashing this take, and I, uh, I want to know what you boys think. Give, give me A.J. Green in Detroit, baby. What? Why? Give, give me That's A.J. Green in Detroit. I think he's still... I they think got he's, two on the outside. I, I think he's he's dominant. He's Calvin esque. You give give Stafford that big target. I think it'd be I think it'd be awesome. I think it'd be great, and I think it would completely ex nay the need for a receiver. Who are you gonna play out of the slot, Galladay? I think you. I I think you give. Well, I think you would jettison Jones. Yeah, yeah, that's probably yeah. right. It, and I think Hawkinson's gonna get a lot of work inside this year. A healthy Hawkinson. Hopefully. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that take, Lee. You know, it depends what the cost is. He hasn't he's, been healthy in a while. He's but. hungry. He's hungry, man. He, want, he wants to. I mean, the thing is, Lee, is he going to want to go to a team like Detroit, like after Cincinnati? Yeah. I think the prospects that's, are good, man. I think, you can, I, think great, you can, I think you can make a really good argument in Detroit. I think that is, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's a, necessarily the best fit. And I also think that this year is such a good year for receivers out of the draft that I just don't no, think you should right. be, you're probably right. I don't think you should be spending your money unless you're a team like New England. They, it's not really a huge need. I would rather have KJ Hamler or Ayuk or Jalen Reed, like just a guy that can work out of the slot with speed and keep Marvin Jones and Galladay, and they just re-upped Amendola too. So, well, and, and I think I think to that point, Tommy, uh, getting a guy in this draft who has like four three legit speed. When you look at the Lions last year, dudes like Marvin Hall are having you know massive catches. And Marvin Hall it was basically cut by the freaking Bears in, yeah. in the preseason. So it's like if you can get a dude because Bevel's system wants to go downfield, Galladay and, and Jones are not necessarily burners while Galladay is, is a deep threat. They're not those burner types that can really run those clear-out routes. And I think getting a guy especially – I mean, I'm a big big fan of Hamler just because, um, you know, we've known him from, from Metro Detroit and then followed him, you know, a little – you know, more at Penn State, but any dude with 4-3 yeah. speed that that Detroit can get would be would be amazing. I also think Detroit needs to uh, draft a, a late-round running back. My pick, A.J. Dillon from Boston College. That's who I think. I think that's who the Lions should be taking day three, A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon's a big boy, man. They, you just can't trust carry on, and, and he's he's like a better version of Scarborough and, and uh, you know, Johnson, Ty Johnson's kind of – I kind of like he, what Bo was doing. No, Bo's great, and again, it's like running back. He's young too. Yeah, I like that idea. I like Dylan a lot, though. But that's kind of, who knows? Would, would, that'll probably be what fifth round or something. Yeah, fifth or sixth round. I mean, the, dude, the running back class this year is is deep as well. I mean, I feel like it is always every year. But Lee, your guy Zach Moss is kind of getting thrown into the. Uh, you know, he's, he's not being mentioned with the, the DeAndre Swifts, the J.K. Dobbins, the Jonathan Taylors of the world. Now Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a guy who's emerged, too. Okay. And, and I'm a big fan of Cam Makers as well, too. So I think this is just a, a very deep class. Uh, and, and also, Connor, what do you think about Chase Claypool being a really good tight end in the NFL? I don't like it. And wait, Connor, I wanted to hear, too, on Twitter, I've been seeing a lot of Cole Komet slander. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is with that. I know his press conference answers are a little cocky, but well, I've I've heard lack of uh, contested catchability and and not as much red zone production. Are these are these the contested catch thing maybe, but I don't know how much of that's a product of like Ian Book not really throwing that ball versus him. The red zone ability, I don't understand that at all. He caught the I think a touchdown against Georgia. 
that I remember being kind of remotely contested. I don't really get that. I mean, he's going to be solid because he's just, he's more of a blocking tight end in general, but he does have the receiving ability. And I think he's like 22 years old or something like that. Like he's pretty young for a prospect and he's got some upside to him. I think he's going to go in the first round, but the second, Oh, I've seen most of the mocks I've seen have him going to New England in the late. I first. think that's so rich for New England to go for a tight end in the first round. Why? Because I, I just, you can, I think this is another class that's kind of deep. I think you can get a guy like, I mean, they don't have a second round pick. Thanks. Muhammad Sanu, but you know, there's guys, uh, uh, what's that kid from Dayton, Adam Troutman. There, there's a, there's a bunch of just like, I, and, and me personally, I'm a big Harrison Bryant fan. He's kind of like an Evan Ingram 2.0. Obviously he's not as much of an inline blocker, but you just, you just throw names out there. Don't you? <laughs> what? you just throw names I'm out there. That's my favorite small. tight end. That's my favorite tight end. These guys are going to come in and start for the Patriots and, and make an impact first I year. I don't think, I don't think the, I don't think the Patriots should take a tight end in the first. I don't, I don't think they can afford a luxury pick. I think they should go, uh, I think a guy like Xavier McKinney, there's, there's going to be some good defensive players on the board for them that I think. They offense, they couldn't score. Yeah, I completely agree with you. They definitely, offensive weapons should be at the top of their, I mean. They should take Eason. That's what they should, oh, they, that's what they should be doing because Brady's gone. Brady's gone, though, and, and, and Stidham ain't it. So. It blows my mind that the Patriots would, uh, would let Brady sign Danny Etling. Brady's staying. Oh, Brady's man. staying. Clap. Connor, I tend to agree. I like. I agree with Joe. you on paper, but everyone's <laughs> my least favorite quarterback in the world besides Drew Locke. <laughs> so, yeah, well, there's supposedly a rift between uh, the Brady and the Patriots. I, I I tend to agree with you, Connor, and I think they are they are that would be the definition of hubris to believe that they can. Howard said the Brady rumors were flying. Yeah, Howard doesn't know he's, he's gone. Brady's gone. Brady, a Mike Illich Cabrera deal to keep that man in a New England uniform. Even if it were the wrong decision, you'd still pay Brady to reward him for what he's done. Kraft does not let that guy walk out the door. Maybe Belichick's not happy with him, but Kraft doesn't let him leave. You Belichick wears the pants, baby. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Belichick wears the pants. We'll see this offseason. I mean, you can't, you know, I don't know. I think it's time to move on. I don't think I don't Maybe. think he's I don't think he's worth the money, and I think that's the bottom line. I think I, I'm, you might be completely right, but they'll I pay think you, anyway. I think you are right, Lee, but I just don't know. You need to be able to upgrade from him, and I don't think Andy Dalton is an upgrade or you Dude, know whoever. You can't just say that like it's an easy thing to do. It's obviously not going to be easy to upgrade, but you have to be able to admit that when the era is over. And if you believe that he's not worth the money, then maybe you're not going to upgrade, but you need to make a long-term decision. And maybe if a guy like From or Eason is available, or if they, they maybe they may move move up and get a guy. You know, who knows what their what their position's gonna be. Or if they sign a guy like Dalton, you know, I don't know. Who knows? But I, well, who's gonna give them a better chance to win a Super Bowl next year though. That's but what I'm saying. They don't need still to win now. When they should be in win now. This is an older roster. And I think one, they don't have I mean to move they them moving up would take a King's ransom. They don't have a second round pick. They would have to throw in a first round pick next year. And I, I just think Brady's just the best quarterback available to them right now. You know, I just, and it's in, and Brady, you know, was, was good this year. He was, he was, you know, he, he's not his same old self, but he's still, I think you can win a super bowl with him. Um, but yeah, I, I've, and, and 
they just didn't have any – they lost Gronk and they lost A.B. We talked about it throughout the whole year. They had no one on offense that could, you know, drive the field, uh, the ball down the field. It was all Edelman kind of doing dinking down the country. field, down the ball. Down the field, down the, down, drive the field, down the ball. And, and you know, Nikhil Harry it never really established himself as a, as a dude, so – yeah, I just uh, I don't know. I wouldn't pay I wouldn't pay Brady the money. I don't think Brady necessarily gives him the greatest chance to win the Super Bowl anymore. So we'll see. We'll see. Where do we think Rivers ends up? Indy. Colts. Indy. Everyone's saying the Colts. Indy. Yeah. Yep. They don't Indy or Vegas. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I think, think see Philly rep Vegas. I think Indy would be smart to sign Rivers. To be honest. Get a veteran guy in there. Obviously, you know, if you think he's got go left, much better offensive line than the Chargers. Better coach, yep. better coaching. He he want he, he's so hungry for a Super Bowl, just a shot. I think if they can make the playoffs with Rivers, they're dangerous. So well, and uh, Reich was his offensive coordinator, or quarterbacks coach, and with the Chargers, I had I didn't know that. Yeah, they That's have a, they, they, they they have a really. I th- I just think Ballard's too smart of a guy to like go go wonky and take a quarterback at like 14 or whatever it is. I think yeah. they're, they're too much in purgatory to make a long-term move on quarterback. And I think that they have a, a good enough roster to, to roll with rivers. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I think uh, the whole quarterback carousel is going to be interesting. Um, you know, whether or not Tannehill is going to stay and uh, you know, who's going to be, you know, Vegas, pro- it seems to me that Vegas is going to move on from Derek Carr. That's something that isn't getting talked about that much, but that's another guy that could be out there. Um, you know, would you rather have Carr than Brady if you're the Patriots? No. Do you think he gives you a better chance to win a Super Bowl? I'd rather have Brady. I probably Carr is like almost a young – Carr is even more conservative than Brady, and he's just like young. I just – you know, I, I don't, I don't do you know, think, man. Do you, do you think the Cowboys are going to break the bank on Dak? You're gonna break the bank on like that. I just kind of, like Adam. How Adam brought up, uh, you know, earlier with the CBA and how the mark, like, just these contracts are gonna to continue to rise. Ideally, I'd like them to franchise tag them, but at a certain point, it's just like you're gonna to have to pay the man. And I really hope they don't give him forty million dollars. They're going. To. I would somewhere, you know, thirty to thirty-five million dollars would would be fine by Dude, me. At you're this point. you're you're insane if you think they're gonna sign him for thirty to thirty-five million dollars. It's, they shouldn't do that. He doesn't deserve to reset the market. Mahomes deserves to reset the market. Dak Prescott does not. And $40 million would be I think, I think you, you franchise tag Dak, see how he does with yep. McCarthy, and then yeah, I agree. I agree. next year. I agree. I, and, I then if, and then if it's worth it at that point, then you pay it. Like, Yeah, and, and you know the Zeke deal is going to continue to bite them in the butt because they're going to have to let either Amari or Byron Jones go. Um, especially if they want to keep Dak. They're not going to be able to keep both of those guys. And they have, you know, a bunch of dudes that are going to be coming up in the near future, like Van Der Esch. And uh, so it's just uh, – and, and their own line. Yeah, exactly. Continuing to age and, you know. So the window the window is going to be paid. The ceiling is the floor. What is it? How does it – The ceiling it is the roof. The ceiling is the roof. Um, anyone else have any, any last second – Takes the fire off here. Yeah, one, oh. uh, the Jalen Hurts disrespect I think will be gone in a few months. I think he's gonna start coming up some boards. I don't know why he gets the disrespect that he does. I don't really see. He sucks. I, mean, it, it, I don't think he does. I think he's. I think he's fine quarterback. We'll see where he's the at. Worst though, version of Trubisky. 
I mean, they're not even comparable. Yeah, those they two. Are. College but, careers, not even comparable. In terms of college careers, but Trubisky and Watson aren't comparable in terms of college careers. And, 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 and Trubisky got drafted ahead of him. So. No, one, no one in this room thought Trubisky I'm was just a saying, good in terms of college careers, yeah, they're not, they're not comparable in terms of college careers, but Tim Tebow has the best college career in college football history, probably, as quarterback. And he, he yeah. so, you know. Uh, yeah, Jalen Hurts did great for Oklahoma. I don't think that he is an NFL quarterback. I don't think he has the ability. If you look at, like, the Oklahoma – I watched a lot that? of Oklahoma football this year. I watched – and I'm not, like – he's just not that great. Like, he's a gamer, and he's a, and a great athlete, extremely good running the football, strong, can make some throws, but he's not a consistent and, and precise enough passer to, to form a career as a starting quarterback in the NFL. I just don't believe that. I don't I think believe he's got that. A nice arm in terms of power. I think he's got a nice arm. I mean, compared to like guys like Steven Montez that they have going like higher than Hertz at this point. I take Montez over Hertz any day, dude. Montez is a Montez is a freak. He just Montez just can't lay off the booze, man. Montez is just a dummy. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Montez is bad either. I Montez is like six five, two forty five, dude. It can throw the ball like a country mile. <laughs> I. With you, that Love I think is the worst quarterback on the board, but I think in terms of the, of the first yeah. few, but I think Love yeah. and Hurts are at similar like levels. I think Love maybe has a higher upside, but I don't know. I like Hurts. We'll see. We'll see how it pans out. I got a uh, I got a draft day prophecy that um, I really think should happen, and that's the Eagles trading to the top ten, sacrificing their first round pick, their second round pick, their first round pick next year, and taking Jerry Judy. I'd hate to see it as a, as a Cowboys fan, but if I'm Howie Roseman, that's my it's move. It's a ridiculous move, dude. <laughs> Not that it's a much. It's a ridiculous move. You literally have got you. You've said yourself that this class has insane depth at receiver. I know. Like, <laughs> Everyone says one. that. Get the best one. Get the best one, and you're a Super Bowl team. That that was the only thing that held the Eagles yeah. back this year. I don't know. They, once Deshaun, hey, have you guys heard the DK stuff? treatment of that, that he's going to step a foot on the on an NFL field and be elite and change a team? Sure, trade up that high that they're taking Okuda because they're going to lose Darby and their corner situation is already terrible. Their secondary well, is amongst the worst in the NFL, yeah. yeah. Okuda's going to be gone. And Malcolm Jenkins is a free agent. I just think for them to get a guy like Jerry Judy, who's completely different from DK Metcalf and – and wins more. I mean, he's a very good athlete, but wins with you know technical. I'm saying, you're giving him the DK. Tra- I'm not saying you're saying the same thing. You're giving him the DK treatment of like how you guys are saying the 49ers should take DK at two because he's just going to be Julio essentially, which is like why would the, the Eagles give up everything? They're giving up their future for a guy who you, he has to be Julio then basically, which well, is like yeah. He has to make I that, think, you know. I, I see him kind of as an Amari Cooper type, and I think that would be, if you got basically a 22-year-old Amari Cooper in Philly, that would be probably. I don't think it'd be worth, you hardly said Amari Cooper was worth a first-round pick. Now you're saying he's worth first, second, oh, I'm, first? Well, I think Judy, I think the, the problem with Amari in Oakland was the fact that he was inconsistent and he had the drops. I'm saying, like, Amari at his best and we, that we've seen in Dallas. That's like Jerry Judy. I think Jerry Judy is going to step on the field week one and be one of the best receivers in the NFL. I still don't think that's worth the first. Why give up that much first. capital yeah. when you can just get, give up less and take CD? What's the big exactly. difference? He's not going to be there at 20. I mean, it's it's the difference between, like, T. Higgins and, and Judy, I guess, or LaVisca and Judy. It's just – and I think – LaVisca. Uh, huh? 
I like LaVisca a lot. I like LaVisca a lot too, but I think LaVisca is more of a Debo Samuel to Jerry Judy's like alpha a one receiver. And I think they need that because they're going to cut Alshon and they already have guys like Deshaun Jackson and Ortega Whiteside who are more supporting guys. Uh, and I think Judy's just an alpha a one. So that's just my prophecy. And, and, uh, I'm looking at that Jaguars number nine pick. I think that's the move. You go up 11 picks. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I'll say right now, if the Cardinals don't take a lineman, I'm going to be really disappointed. I'm a pseudo, I'm a pseudo Cardinals fan now because of Kyler. And I want them to take, I want them to take a lineman so that they can get a little bit of protection. And I completely agree. They already have good receivers. You you can get a receiver in a later round too. Like don't take CD just because they have the connection or whatever. You don't need yep. that. You can get a better receiver later. Get a get a beast lineman. Give that man some time. Huh? Get Andrew Thomas or whatever. One of the Beckton or Thomas or, or Werfs. One of those guys. I don't know. I, you know well, that's what the scouting department's for. Huh? And this. this old line class is underwhelming. I feel. No, this I is disagree, a great man. Class. I think this is. A, I think. The interior line is a little underwhelming, but I, I think that the, the tackles are really good in this draft. Yeah, and uh, Jedrick Wills, too, is just – he's like a juiced-up Cody Ford. He has like that same meanness, but he's just a much better athlete. Not to – not to, not to man, diss on that. I don't, know, I don't know about all that, man. Not to diss on that. This is, this, is, this is a Cody Ford. Like, <laughs> don't I don't fit the jacket already podcast. <laughs> this is, this is get that man tailored. And just see what the, what is what he's gonna need when he's at first ballot. Another, that's what that's what kind of podcast you're walking into. You can't just toss around. Prophesize right those now. Types Cody, of Ford, Cody Ford retires a bill. <laughs> Cody Ford retires a bill. <laughs> How about this? Mackay Becton, uh, pro pro comp Matt Fink. Mackay Becton, six seven three seventy. Matt Fink can move like that. Who the hell is three seventy? Makai Becton. He's got to be O line, right? Check him out, Connor. You said the, you said the O line's underwhelming. You haven't met this guy. Big weight. Let's get the weights. Very many big Connor. boys at the top of the rounds. That's why I've said it's underwhelming. There's not that big. But I'll have to give this guy a look at 370. Connor, look, at, look, him up, look him up, and he will run sub 5'5 five five at, at the combine. No this guy is a mover. Samoan? No, man. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only big boys that run that fast. <laughs> I, believe he's, I believe he's a Miami guy. Because I, I was watching some of his high school hoop, hoops mixed Dude, all those Louisville guys are from Miami. It's sweet. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. They're all from Louisville. It's, it's literally just him, him like, they, they, they would cherry pick, and he would just go down in the post on, like, a fast break, and they'd give it to him, and he would just yam that boy every time. I'd have medical concerns at 375 pounds. <laughs> oh, yeah, speaking of another, uh, uh, this is kind of a popular take. Some but... cauliflower under his mashed potatoes, right, Connor? Yeah. <laughs> another popular take, but uh, I think Ruggs is breaking the, the, the 40-yard dash record. I think he's doing it. I don't. I'll, I'll bet you on that just out of pure, pure spite. Lee, you've always been a Ruggs hater. Yeah, I, gonna... I have. Because you have to dislike some people in the draft process. You have to say someone, oh, no, I don't think he's – I don't. I think he's overrated. I, I don't I like do, him that much. I, I you have to do that, that sometimes in order to I have a little bit of credibility. You have to go I both ways. Like, you have to go I both ways. Like, you can't just say everybody, oh, yeah, they're really good. Everyone's really know. good. I do Everyone's like really good. E.J. Henderson. I'm not a fan of C.J. Henderson. Okay, well, there it is. There it is, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Watch that. 
We watched that uh, Florida-Miami game at Ed's house, and he was just ducking on tackles the whole game, and, and I became a hater. And he's getting first-round buzz. Tommy, I'm going to say no because there's a Notre Dame guy with a chance to do it as well. So I'm all on the Troy Pride train. Defense oh, really? I'm saying no because it's a hype. It's a hype thing. Everything's so hype. It's all about Blue hype. Adidas, will he get the island or whatever the hell? What does the, he need like, to break? Like 14-9? If you wear like Adidas shoes, you get an <laughs> island if you didn't, break yeah. it. Didn't John Ross run a 4-2-8? 4-2-2. Oh, it's 4 No, he didn't. No. Yeah, Chris Johnson is four two four. John Ross is four two two. He's not gonna break it. Period. Ruggs is gonna run a four one nine. Book it. <laughs> Someone's gonna run a four one nine. Book it. Watch that clip of him chasing down that pick, and he's just sick. Tommy. He doesn't even hit. <laughs> That's all right. When, when we're back. <laughs> Hey guys, and we're back on the horn, and he's ran. You're, you're he's claiming ran. he's going to be the fastest man to ever. Run in the NFL Combine. That's what you're oh, claiming Jackson. right now. And you're saying, Jackson. watch a clip. Watch a clip where he, where he sprinted full speed and caught up to a guy who's slower than him, essentially. Bo, Bo Jackson and that's ran proof. A, a, a 418. And they made a documentary about it. They made a documentary yeah. about Bo Jackson because he, did, he ran that fast. And you're just claiming that, that this man's going to do this, okay? Well, you know what? Let's put it into the prophecy. Let's put a little head-to-head prophecy. Oh, nice. Let's put a little... Prophecy, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared. I love... You guys are all... Tommy says, runs for one on, nine. Connor's on the no side. Lee's on the no side. Clef, where do you stand? No. All right, we'll say more... More important. Tommy's on, Tommy, you're going to be on that island with rugs. You're on Rugs Island. Yeah. <laughs> Print the t-shirts. Print the t-shirts. I'm going to scream you're gonna be on that Adidas Island. <laughs> This is great for both in an island. Me and Ruggs are going to have, we're going to have islands next to each other. Oh man, that was great. I can't wait to, I'm going to, when does he run? When does Ruggs run? Tonight. He runs tonight? Tonight. Oh my gosh. Text me before. Text me. I got to know when to turn